0: Again. This is Ryan Adams, Ashley Henry, and Kristen Moe, and you're listening to Beyond the Gym, the Hit for Fit Wellness Podcast. you all. Welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, Ashley, Kristen, and I sit down and we talk all about boundaries. And I get it, talking about boundaries is not always easy nor comfortable, but we wanted to take a moment to really think about what it is we can take with us from this five to six month extended break that we've all experienced as we head into the fall. Um, And one of the things that can really help in terms of creating a new routine or evolving the routine that you have right now is being okay with and understanding how to set reasonable and healthy boundaries. So we hope that this episode is helpful. We hope that it brings a smile to your face and more than anything, we hope that you're reminded that you have a community and you're supported. Thanks so much for listening. Hey you all, welcome back to Beyond the Gym. Uh, It's Ryan, Kristen, and Ashley here, and we are super grateful and excited that you're tuning in. Uh, We have a really interesting and I think relevant topic ahead for like this episode, so um, just given the fact that like it's August and we're like pushing really fast ahead into September. and the longest spring break that seemed like it would never <laughs> end has officially kind of come to an end in a way. and you Officially,
1: know, but not officially, because there's no rules, but there's a lot of rules. It's just, <laughs> it's a lot right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Free fall.
0: Yeah, in some ways, like, things are kind of... Trying to return back to some sense of like what's familiar, right? In terms of people are going back to school, maybe, maybe back it's to work. Like, yeah, the house is like a little quieter, <laughs> like throughout the day or something. Um, and then in many ways, right, things are still crazy, and this is kind of a, a time that we've never really lived before. But here we are. So we thought that we would take some time and sit down and really speak about boundaries and how to how to clarify you know what your boundaries need to be not only in terms of like what your goals are but also just in terms of like now it's now you have a chance, right, to maybe reestablish a routine or create a new routine or figure out what works for you in these, like, next few months that maybe weren't possible in the past, like, five months while our spring break was just, like, getting carried away. So um, we're talking about boundaries, and I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation because this is a topic that is – it's one thing to talk about boundaries, but it's a completely another thing, I think, to, like, actually – implement them and, and observe them and put them into practice. And so hopefully as a result of, of our conversation today, you'll have a bit more clarity on like really accessible ways that you can like view boundaries and then implement them into your life, into your routine, into your workouts, into whatever, so that you, um, you know, just move about these next few weeks and months with, um, a greater sense of ease. And I think just like a a refined sense of like, here's, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And
1: yeah, like purpose, purpose for what you're doing. And you think about like so many people and when you go back to school, there's all these to do's and busyness. And we just came out of a time that was like, I think a lot of people took a big breath and realized how much time they can have. They just have to make it and hopefully realize some of your priorities already, right? Like what's the most important time with family, stuff like that. Taking care of yourself. Self-care. Sleep, maybe. Yes. Now that you've gotten more, maybe, (laughs) you're like, I need more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and just, like, I think overall, like, if nothing else, I feel like the past five, six-ish months have really served as a time for people to just, like, realize, as you said, like, not only what's important to them, but, like um, what is essential for their overall, just like holistic wellness. Mm-hmm. And I think of things like community and like having conversations with people that are just like beyond maybe your immediate, like family or people that you see like all day, every day, mm-hmm. but then also like wellness or, or like movement, you know, like getting some type of movement in, whether it's in the gym or outside of the gym and just all these little things that were so just like fused into the kind of the background or the backdrop of like what was before the spring break hit and then now all of a sudden we have this newfound appreciation for really and truly the simple things that you know, maybe we took for granted and now we're like, oh, that was really important. And with this new sense of like awareness, I need to like check back in with what my routine's going to be. Moving forward.
2: Yeah. And I think that it's such a cool opportunity because like we've talked in other episodes about giving yourself that clean slate, like whether it's with goals or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, we've basically given ourselves that clean slate of like, what do we want to prioritize going forward? What do we want to include? What do we want to not include? Um, and there's a lot of grace surrounding that because everybody's doing it, you know? So it gives you that really good opportunity to clarify, set those boundaries going forward and really just kind of experiment, um, with what you actually want versus need versus, you know, what you're willing to, you know, do away with versus what you're excited and ready to put back in maybe.
0: Yeah. And so what would you all say is like the first step in terms of like, you've just come off of like this, I love that we're calling it a spring break because like... (laughs) It was.
1: It it, was spring break and then we never went back. The longest
0: march ever. It was. And I just think that like that's like such a fun way to refer to it. So our our five-month spring break, people are coming off of the end of that. Like, you know, obviously routines are changing in terms of like... obligations and where people have to be, like, you know, kids are going back to school in some capacity and like, maybe, I don't know, people are like, their work is like changing or something. So what would be like, step number one in terms of like, looking at everything and then having this appreciation for like, what you were able to do in those during the spring break that you couldn't because prior to it. So and then like, now that we're moving kind of back into a sense of like, a new routine of some kind, what's step number one in terms of like, um, setting a boundary or boundaries in general around things that like people want to maintain moving forward. What would you all say?
1: So I know that we like in our notes came up with like, um, what am I? I like lost my word now. We came up with setting your priorities, and I want to add to that and say reflection. Yes, because when you look back, you have very a very very fine distinction between what life was and then everything pulled back, all of the extra, the Mm -hmm. BS, the accessory things, it was stripped away. The busyness. The busyness. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people were able to clearly see some of their priorities come to light and take the forefront in their lives during our extended spring break. It was almost it almost feels like a self-care spring break cuz mm-hmm. you couldn't go anywhere and it wasn't busy, but it was like maybe you slept more, maybe you spent more time with your family. So I think reflection on those two drastically different times is a really good place to start. And then I think you pick out your priorities. What are the things in our spring break that you really enjoy that can be a priority. And I think a big one, I think a lot of people saw was quality time with their family, Mm -hmm. having dinner Yes, as simple as having dinner. Um, and so I think it would be good for us to maybe speak on what some of our priorities are. We all kind of have different, um, situations, right. Different priorities, different families. Um, and so like for me, it's definitely that quality time, um, sleep. Mm -hmm. Doing less, I think is a big one for me too. And I think we'll kind of get into that later, but, um, sleep and, and exercise and moving mindfully as I know Ryan and Ashley had talked about
2: in a previous episode. So I think one of mine was, um, you know, just being so submersed in the fitness world was fitnessing less, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, you know, I was, only able to come, you know, whenever we recorded our, you know, live workouts. And I just, I just quote unquote did that one hit workout a day, which, you know, I was used to doing strength, possibly hit, you know, running, doing all these things and went to just doing a, you know, 30 minute hit workout, but realized that's all I needed You know, like we feel like we have to do like uh, some of us, (laughs) some of us extra special people Mm -hmm. feel like you have to work out three, three hours a day to get, you know, what you want out of like either your physique or to maintain your strength or, you know, include your mobility and you don't. Um, so I had spent all of that time fitnessing whenever I could have been, you know, maintaining the space in my home better. Um, you know, spending more time meal prepping, spending more time playing, outside of fitness, you know, I think that that's important too. A lot of times we use fitness as our adult playground, um, but we also need to do things outside of just working our body to have fun. Um, so I was able to kind of see that difference of like the need to have fun with my family, not just have fun at the gym, because if you're spending all of your time and your energy fitnessing and then you don't have the opportunity to play and have fun with your family, what's the point of being strong and mobile? Like, you should be able to have that time with your family, too. So definitely family. Obviously, I've said that, like, four times. (laughs) (laughs) I think that um,
1: kind of that example of just fitness could fit into a lot of different doing things. Yes. I'm doing all of the things, and really, maybe I could do less to have Mm -hmm. more time for the play, the family time, the relaxation, the all that. So I think not only, like, just fitness, but you could take that example and put it with like maybe work yeah doing all the work I'm doing all the things doing all the extra things and do you really do you need to be or is it this like societal norm that like if you get up early and you're the last person
2: to leave like you're the hardest worker yeah what do you get kudos same pay (laughs) well and you know i feel like there's like that meme that's going around like what have we learned most is like (laughs) that every meeting can be an email (laughs) Uh. (laughs) like there's so much of that and i mean a lot of it is just we just fill space um and instead of just filling it it's like now we get the opportunity to put ourselves in that space like do we want to be in that space Mm. and that's an exciting opportunity
0: yeah Mm. i uh, i love that Um, And that's been something that's come up for me, I think just in many different contexts is like, I'm just a person just like, I don't know, it's just kind of how I operate where I like to be doing something that matters. And obviously when you say, okay, well, what matters to you? Like, I think that probably is different for every single person, but I like to feel like what I'm contributing or what I'm like investing my energy into is like worthwhile. Whether it's just for fun or it's for like some other type, you know, some other like bottom line. But um, during our spring break, I definitely realized very quickly how um, perhaps I like overvalue productivity. And like, I, I think sometimes I link that to the way that I view myself as like a person. Like, if I'm not as productive as I think I can be or as I think I should be, then like somehow I'm not measuring up. I'm kind of like missing the mark that I've set for myself. And that's like a hard thing to wake up to and like kind of smell that the roses of that like reality of. um, But I think, you know, that's our society is like we live in a society where productivity, especially now has or prior to our spring break was like the like the marker of like one's sort of success or like one's value to the company or to whatever it is, to the community that they're a part of. And so I realized too that like having space is like such a gift because, yes. you know, when, when you're trying to just be the most productive you can be, you realize that like taking space for yourself feels like you're sacrificing things that you could be achieving or productivity that you could be, you know, sort of like... Or, like,
1: like it comes off as, like, you're weak or you can't handle it or whatever it might be. Yeah. I saw um, a quote recently and it said, like, self-care or, like, pulling back, creating space is productivity as well. Yeah. Right? Like... 100%.
0: Because you have
1: to pull back in order to be able to...
0: And it's work. I mean, arguably it's harder than, you know, just like yeah. doing the things that you've always done because you've always done them and you're good at it and you've figured out. Why is it off. so
1: hard to pull back? Like I, I we talk to, about yeah. that in yoga, like it's so hard to just pull back and
2: be like, wait a minute, I need to breathe. And we're like, no, no, no time On to the next, to right? Know. So I, while you were saying that I was looking for something, um, I had sent this to a client recently because it has hit me square in the teeth. Um, And just hearing what you had to say, um, it was from Instagram. Her name is Iris McAlpin. I think I'm saying that right. But um, she said, hot take. If you're resting, but you're guilting or shaming yourself for not being productive the whole time, that's not actually rest. If you find that you're chronically tired, this could be why. And I was like, holy crap. Because, like, there's those times where I'm, like, sitting on the couch, like, legit Netflix and chill. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm such Mm. a piece of crap, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no. Like, that is... A okay, like you are absolutely allowed to rest. You are absolutely allowed to binge watch a show if that is like what you need at that time. Um, And it is absolutely okay to do nothing sometimes. And I think that that's another thing that, you know, being in that perpetual state of break had allowed is for us to have that rest and see the value and how much better it did allow us to feel to be forced into nothingness, you know? Um, And then, out of that rest to be able to choose what we wanted to do going forward. Um, which now we get to, you know, kind of take that lesson and build on it, which is kind of how we should do everything. Right. Well, and it's mm-hmm. like, we had to, yes, we had to stop. We had to rest. And so like moving
1: forward, it's easy to put that on the wayside, but I want to, you know, kind of like a rhetorical question to everyone. Cause we can't get answers, but like, how good did it feel? Yeah mm. how yeah. much more energy did you have? How much more were you able to I don't know give to what matters be yeah. present um, and maybe be more productive and, and work.
2: be happy like yeah. I think that that mm. was mm-hmm. that was something that I you know, I didn't realize and I have like the best schedule <laughs> like let's be honest, like I have an amazing schedule but I did realize that with you know being stuck at home, I think, Sometimes allowed me to feel happy and not having expectations, you know, that I'm not meeting, you know, or feeling that productivity, allowing myself to like, be okay with just being okay, you know, and you know, there's like this weird quote that I never understood as when I was young, but wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't avoid myself. I couldn't, you know, so I had to deal with things and then just be content And once you did that, like, it was like, this is, I'm going to go play in my backyard. Like, what else am I going to do? You know? And it was, it was a happy feeling in the midst of a really kind of terrible time, you know? So it's like, now we've been able to grow in that space and then move forward.
0: Yeah. And I, what I'm hearing from this, and I think a way to sort of visualize this or like a phrase to give you that feels like accessible and actionable is Now that you've had this, like, extended spring break and you're, you know, you're perhaps on the threshold of, like, trying to build a a new routine, a fall routine, or, like, even just maybe evolve the one that you had during spring break, um, make space for what aligns with you. Mm -hmm. And, And another way to view that is, like, you have the same amount of time, you have the same amount of energy, you have, you know, the same like opportunities to, to spend your time. Perhaps you have even new opportunities to like spend your time elsewhere, but fill that space with what aligns with you. And if it doesn't align with you, ask yourself, why am I doing this?
2: And don't do it. If yeah. it doesn't like cut it out, do less of that. Decide if that's something that you can do without and you know, make that decision. And then like we had talked about, like it doesn't have to be, if you say no to something, We'll get into this a lot, I'm sure, but you do not it doesn't have to be no forever. Yeah. You know, like you can say no to something right now because it needs to be right now, no, and then say yes to it another time. But don't say yes to something just because you feel obligated to, somebody asked you, or you feel like if you don't say yes that you're losing credibility or that you're gonna hurt their feelings or you're gonna disappoint somebody else. Like you should be your number one which is really hard because that feels selfish. But if you are not your number one, you can't be anybody else's number one. Like you can't be there fully for somebody else unless you're fully present with yourself. So um, I, yeah. love, I love the,
1: the alignment and kind of pulling yeah. in yourself in a really easy way that I do that for me because I'm a yes person. I'm like, yep, I can do that. Yep, sounds great. Yes, let's do that. And then I get overwhelmed and I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't have the time. I overbooked, Almost whatever, whatever." Yeah. And so very very simply, I take a minute to reflect before any answer. Well, two things. If it's not a hell yes, if you're not fully in it, <laughs> yeah. if you're not aligned, it's yeah. a no. Oh, that's I'm really good. That. Yeah. Like very simply, it's like you can yes, it's a no, you can just think like, is this aligning? Does this feel good? Is this something I'm all in? If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. It's a hell no. <laughs> yeah. And oh, that's then, awesome. I love that. It's, it's easy to just ask yourself that really quickly. Yeah. And another thing that kind of helps me with um, my urge to say yes first is to, before you answer, so maybe someone's asking you to do something or whatever it might be, um, don't answer them right away. Or say, can I get back to you? Um, and don't say, like, can I get back to you? blah, blah, blah. Like, can I get back to you in an hour? Or can I get back to you tomorrow morning? Give yourself a time to decide and then tell yourself, no, I'm not going to do that. And then how do you feel? Yeah. Are you upset because you're like, no, I really do want to do that. Or is it like, no, this feels good. It feels good to say no. Yeah. And I think that's our next thing is like, learn to say no. Yeah. Like learn to say no first Because that's kind of what we had to do on our spring break. Like, no, like we couldn't, you were told, no, you can't go do these things. And so now you have to be that person to say no first and then maybe explore how that feels.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean... You you bring up so many great points about that, and I love that idea of it. If it's not a hell yes, then like, what is it? You know, if you're not fully into something, then what are you? You know, like, are you halfway in? Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the purpose of that? And so the idea of like owning your no is one of those things that's like very much easier said than done. And hear us, hear me say that too, because I'm with like Kristen. I love to be a part of things. I love. To like try to help as many people as oh, I can, yes, yes.
2: And,
0: um, and saying no is not is something that I've been so bad at until maybe only recently. But even still, like it's something I have to consciously think about. Like, can I physically or energetically say yes to this thing? And if I have to say no, or if I choose to say no, like that, I can be okay with that. And so owning your no is not always about you know like um, feeling. Like like if you have to say no to something, it's not always like you just walk away as if like no part of you wanted to be a part of that, you know. Like sometimes it's hard to say no to something because it would have been really great. But at the same time, like I think, um, you know, what's for you is for you, and it's here for you now. And like if you're, if you're not meant to be a part of something, then you just have to trust that like when you own your no and you say no, I'm I'm not going to be a part of this thing. or I'm not going to do this thing, that that that's for you, right? Like that's leading you to where you need to be next. And I think that if you can kind of sit back into a space of trust, sometimes it makes like owning your no a little bit easier to like- It's so
1: powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful and empowering for you to just say no. And then when you feel like that sense of release, like, oh my gosh, I don't do this. Because when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else that is more important when you talk about your time and we go back to, we had all this time in spring break. So you're saying no to something, which is empowering. And then you're saying yes to an opportunity to spend more time with your family, yourself, or doing nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. and all of this breathing, circles back, space. of course, Like all of this circles back and it all comes back to the idea of like, you have to know what your priorities are and you have to clarify those things.
2: And I think that you can even take that a step further in knowing where you are now, what your goals are now, but also where you want to be headed. Because if you say, so just the flip of what Kristen was saying, if you're saying no, you're saying yes to something. But if you're saying yes to something, you're also potentially saying no to something in the future or even in that present. So if you know, if you don't know where you are and where you're headed, you could potentially put yourself in a bind because you'll say yes to something, not thinking, not knowing, not predicting, where you want to be headed and then, then you feel stuck and then you might end up saying no to something, being forced to say no to something that you really wanted to do because you know, you've, you've over yesed yourself, (laughs) you know? So I think that, um, really digging in with knowing where you are, that small step that you're taking to get to where you want to be and foreseeing that and always giving yourself space you know, that whole like not overfilling your plate. Um, maybe you have a big plate, but you're just gonna pack a saucer. You know, that way you have that outer laying room for yourself, for your family that never gets filled. Um, because I, you know, I'm the queen of overextending myself. My husband's like, you really think you're superwoman? <laughs> like you don't have a cape. Um, but I think, and I was telling Kristen and Amy this recently, is just, um, I'm pregnant. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. No. Um, yeah, i We haven't. It. No. Um, and it's been a doozy. And I have been forced to take a step back. I've been forced to give up, you know, some different things and ask for help, which sucks. Um, it's just, that's a hard place to be, too. We can talk about that as far as boundaries, too. And say too. no. You've had to say I've no a lot. I've had to say no. And it's, like, it is... Um, hard to a point, but then it's also like, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that because like you were talking about earlier, about like physically being limited. Um, and it, for me, it's like, no, there's no way. Um, and it is so freeing to be able to have like pregnancy as a fallback, but we shouldn't have to have something as a fallback. Like we should be able to be like, no, And not feel like we have to have a reason behind it that somebody else will accept. Um, Somebody else's acceptance of your no should not be considered when saying no. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't have to be like, oh, I hope that this is going to be okay with them. Like, I understand that as just, you know, I'm very empathetic. I, I very much so care about people's feelings. But that should be a second consideration to your no. Like. Your no should be about you, about your family, about what it immediately impacts. And then if it it upsets somebody else, maybe you can help work them through that. But you're still, you know, dedicated to what you're doing over somebody else's priorities.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because here's what happens when you... You know, you let your no be contingent on whether or not other people will accept that or if they're going to like come back and question you about it. I mean, like realistically, you know your life, you know your circumstances, you know your like obligations and your all of the things that you are responsible for better than anyone else does. And so like you don't owe anyone an explanation for like why you can't, right? And if you feel like it, you know, you want to try to provide that sort of like narrative or whatever, then like that's your choice, but like you don't owe anyone an explanation. And if someone's like not okay with that, then like, you know, there maybe needs to be a conversation around that, but also like that's about them not you. And I know like all of this is like so easy to say and like it's another thing to practice it, but like just keep in mind, right? Like While there is like, it's so odd that we're sitting here, you know, after these five months, we realized like how hard maybe for a lot of us it was to say no prior to this like spring break. And then we were forced into this space, into this space of like rest and like just kind of realigning in every sense. And now hopefully as we step forward into what's to come and like creating new routines or evolving our routines that have existed, we recognize like that we do have the power to say no to what doesn't work for us right now or in the next three months or the next year or whatever. And that's just that on that. We don't have to explain it. We don't have to like provide all the details or our argument for as to why we said that. And you know, that's okay. And like that that takes the load off from having to feel like you have to justify your priorities to someone else. When in reality, like, it's about you, you know? Like, those are those are your priorities, not anyone else.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also, um, like, the, I, again, the narrative is definitely up to you, but whenever you experience growth and people are used to you being a certain way and then you come back a new person, you know, because that's what growth does, it changes you, um, that there might be that, duh Wait, what? Like you're not doing this? Um, you know, so you can kind of expect that a little bit, and even like you said, have that conversation, like. With people that you are closely, you know, working with, whether it's at work, your family, friendships, you know, like, hey, this is, you know, not only clarifying your goals, but uh, vocalizing them. This is something that I'm really working on. So, you know, I understand if you don't, if you don't understand it or if it conflicts with what you want, but this is something that I want to need and I'm working on. So get ready. because I'm really going to put this to practice, you know, something that just kind of sets up your empowerment so that you don't set yourself up for failure or that even allows for you to not have to have those hard conversations in the middle of it because you've already vocalized it. Like, Hey, this is something that I'm working on. I'm focusing on X, Y, and Z. Um, if it conflicts with that, you're going to hear a no, you know, so that you kind of clear that path for you to have an easier time hitting those goals those priorities that you're doing without that you know immediate conflict
0: yeah and I want to bring in a quotation here from Brene Brown. And if you don't know who Brene Brown is, she's you gotta look her up. She, <laughs> yeah. You just gotta do yourself a favor. And she has a couple of TED talks. She has a Netflix special, and then she has a bunch of books too. And so, um, and a podcast. So like she, lots of different like ways awesome. to like yeah. to connect with Brene and her work. But um, a little background about her: she's a social worker, like researcher and and professor by like training, but she does a lot of work now um, with like leadership coaching and like um, a lot of corporate settings. And she speaks and she does all these great things. But her research is all about like shame and resilience and how do you know? like work through shame and, and just the idea that like shame is like a universal situation. And obviously one thing that can come up when we talk about setting boundaries or owning our no, or like not having to explain ourselves to other people is that idea that like we sometimes will shame ourselves if we feel like saying no is like a bad thing or like it's like a negative thing. And so she says daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others, oh, that's so good. And you know, I just think that there's there's so much to that, and there's so much to this idea and this topic of boundaries and the way that that lands for each of us as like individuals. But again, at the end of the day, and Ashley brought this up while we were preparing for this episode. Even if you set you know boundaries for the next three months because they're in alignment with a goal or goals that you have recognize that like that doesn't have to be your sole identity, right? Like boundaries can be a flexible thing and they grow with you as you grow. And if people on like on the reverse, like if people in your life and your circle are like, you know, trying to hold you to some standard or some like version of you that you've outgrown, like check in with that, mm-hmm. right? And just recognize that like maybe you risk disappointing them, but guess what? Like you, you're choosing to be courageous and to invest in yourself. And ultimately you are like the sole steward and like kind of proprietor of your goals, right? Like if you are not like honoring them and working to manifest them and to like just grow into them, then who is?
2: Yeah. And I love that she says, you know, that it takes courage Mm. because it does. And like you even mentioned, it takes courage, not only to, just do the work that it takes, um, but also to stick to it, um, or don't, you know, there's so much that takes courage, just creating those, uh, that priority and, you know, creating those boundaries first and foremost, being able to stay checked in and commit to those, And then being able to realize maybe this isn't working and ditch it, because that's hard too, because you're like, oh, I already said that this is what I was going to do and I need to do it. And it's like, well, maybe not, you know, and I think that that is really important with boundaries too. Like sometimes, you know, we set the, and I'm just going to use nutrition because it's what I'm involved in all the time. But, you know, sometimes we do, we create those boundaries around food and we're like, I'm going to go you know, paleo, just for instance, and we've set those boundaries and we're like, this is what we're going to do and we tell everybody and you're like, no, I'm paleo because X, Y, and Z and like you go die hard into it and then you decide that that's probably not the best idea for you in the life that you want to live. Don't stay in it because that's what you've said. You know, realize That maybe that wasn't the best boundary that you created for yourself, and be able to step back and be like, No, that didn't work for me because X, Y, and Z. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to have that guilt and shame about it. It's a lesson that you were learned, it's feedback, (laughs) it's not failure. It's an opportunity to continuously learn and grow for yourself. So, if that didn't work, okay, what's next? Now you get to create a new, you know, whether it's a path, whether it's a boundary, um, you get to experiment.
0: Yeah. And I want to take a moment and just like go around the table and um, something that's come up for me both in like my my work like um in my studies but also just like kind of in my like my spring break like you know deep, <laughs> deep thoughts of Ryan um uh, oh, it's love you. <laughs> this this idea that you know authenticity is something that I think has kind of permeated our our like national conversations in some ways um, much to the credit of people like Brene Brown, right? Who have talked a lot about like, is this authentically you? Like are, have, has like the, um, just like or have the like lessons and like the sort of things that you've been conditioned to think growing up like are those working for you now and like if not like it's okay to change them and here's how you know so the idea of like being an authentically you when it comes to boundaries I think is it's important as Ashley just said like if you're immediately jumping into these narratives of like well I'm this or I'm that and you're trying to attach yourself to like um, these these like sort of carbon are these like cookie cutter, like identities, right? Whether it's like, I'm the paleo person, or I'm, you know, I'm this person, I'm the strength person, or I am the ultra runner, or I'm the whatever, right? You box yourself into these places that feel comfortable, because like, we like to, we like to label things, and we like to create order out of like, out of what we label things. But the idea of like, uh, of setting boundaries to the point and and boundaries that can be changed, Mm -hmm. and grow with you, you know, check in with the fact that like it's okay to like not be that thing that you like once labeled yourself anymore you know and you don't and sometimes i think we can feel stuck if we like if it's not working for us but we've already told everyone in our life that like i'm this thing or i'm that thing and then it feels awkward because now we're having to change you know but what's authentically you right like if if the most authentic version of you doesn't exist within those labels then don't use them right and like be okay with the fact that like you changing your goals or re you know revisiting your priorities or setting new boundaries or you know just reclarifying your purpose if if that's ultimately in service of like you growing into the most authentic version of you then be okay with that you know you don't have to like feel shame around trying to like tell everyone that you're this but really you're not you know and so I'm just curious like how does that resonate with you like how uh, does that come yes. up with you <laughs> like has it I mean I don't know it's just something that I thought about re- like oddly enough over this whole like spring break time and it, it's so interesting to me I think that I guess like as human beings we feel a sense of like security maybe and like attaching ourselves to these labels especially when it comes to our goals like I'm this or I'm that and we kind of box ourselves in and I feel like to me, I see that kind of as like a negative thing because it's like, well, the moment that that no longer works for you, like now you have to like kind of awkwardly like Exit. disown that. It's, like, and it's figure. like our
1: all or nothing mentality yes. a lot of people that's have. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what It doesn't what have it is. like we've talked about that multiple, mm-hmm. multiple times. It does not have to be all or nothing. Yeah. And I feel like that's like being in fitness... I've taken that, like, okay, well, I'm in fitness. I'm this healthy person. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have sugar. I shouldn't be, you know, eating poorly or whatever. You know, I shouldn't be having this or that. Or I need to be working out X amount of days and hours, and I need to do all the things. And then my journey in fitness has brought me to a place where it's like... Nope. A healthy person... <laughs> yes. Has ice cream. Yes. And has multiple rest days a week, if that's what you need yeah. and maybe wants to do yoga, but then another day wants to lift heavy. And so it's evolved into this, like as we continue to talk about a holistic person, and deep health. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and like, just like yes. learning too, like trying things out, learning what works and
2: what doesn't, what I like, what doesn't, what I don't like, or and not being a snob to change, you know, not being like, Oh, like you're going to, What? You know, like, you're not going to wear Lululemon anymore? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) just... And I I honestly think Mm. that a lot of times... And, you know, we've we've even talked about this. Like, the people that you surround yourself, you are going to be the sum of those people. So, if you are around people that put themselves in a box box consistently, um, it is harder for you to step outside of that box. And that's one of the things I love about my group of friends is that we're all so different. Like, it is like, uh, what are those? Like, stained glass. Like, there's definitely not a box that's going to be able to put (laughs) because we're so different. Um, But we bring so much to each other's relationship, but I could not imagine having to be exactly like that person. You know what I mean? Or having to, you know, us always share in the same interests or something like that. And so it's, I feel like it's the same thing with your life. Like you should always have that prismatic aspect Mm. to your life where there's so many different facets that come in that allow for you to have that change in direction as needed Um, and that grace. And I think that a lot of times whenever we, we do put that stipulation of like, you can only do X, Y, and Z again, we limit what we get to experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and one of the, like piggybacking off of what Kristen said about, you know, being a health, you know, and a fitness person, especially being like a coach and being in front of, you know, groups of people telling them like what to do. (laughs) Like, you definitely feel like you're under a little bit of a microscope without anybody saying that to you, you put that on yourself, but I think that we almost have a bigger obligation to be like, no, like you, you are allowed to be a human being and experience life. Um, and I love that John and Phil do all the things that they do because like they take fitness out of the gym and just explore life. And that's just the best thing in the world. Um, and then even like reading through the nutrition and stuff, you know, I feel like um, as fitness instructors, we want to have those like hard bodies that people want, you know, and reading, especially as a female, that is not a healthy body. You know, a softer body with more fat is actually a healthier body. Um, hormonally, your, your hormones are going to be more balanced. Your brain function is going to be better, but we as a society have put that limitation on us, have put that box, have put that standard. And so, actually if you do decide to clarify those goals to be a healthy person you have to get out of that box you have to stop thinking that way you have to give yourself room to pull back to train less to eat more to rest you know and i you think have that to explore
1: you have, have to, to explore, explore cuz like you think about how many options there are for everything there's so much information there's so many this there's so many that you and should. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, take the time, have fun, try on different, whatever you have in your life, you know, yeah. and be like, you're saying your authentic self. Like I have done a lot of personal work and like, okay, well I should be a runner because of this <laughs> body type. I don't like running. So I spin, yeah. but I also love yoga and it's like, does a person, can a person be a weightlifter? I love to lift heavy weights and do yoga and a lot of times they're separated literally Mm -hmm. in different gyms and I think the best thing like I know Ryan's super into this because he also teaches yoga as well um but like here we get all of that yeah yeah and it's just like mm. yeah
0: and I think what what we're getting at right is that like on the one hand, society wants to hand you these like these pre kind of programmed like boundaries of saying like if you're this, you're here, this. here are the confines yes. within which you have to exist. And what we're saying is like
2: Screw that scrap that,
0: that because <laughs> ultimately like your work and your path to becoming your authentic self, I think is truly one that is dynamic, you know, it's not something that just like fits into a singular kind of like space for a definite amount of time. Like it's fluid, it changes as you change. And so take that framework and then apply that to the boundaries that you need to set for yourself so that you can ultimately like maximize you know the time and the energy that you want to put in to your goals and then on the flip side like maximize the time and the energy you want to like reserve to rest or to do to pull back or to sit in the space um and so it's sort of like uh you're taking what's like what's conventional and just like flipping it on its head because Ultimately what we're saying is like if all you ever do is box yourself in, I mean like this is gonna sound so canned, but how could you ever possibly expect yourself to like truly like stand out or like to reach beyond just like the limitations of the box in which you find yourself? And to
2: fulfill yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, we talk about this in nutrition and fitness. Like you are the only expert on your body. Like, nobody else can tell you how you feel. Nobody else can tell you, like, where you're sore or, like, where you're experiencing pain or X, Y, and Z. And it's not the same as him or her Ever. or them. So how could somebody else tell you what you should want out of life or how you should want to live or how you should experience, you know, whatever? Like, or, there's no way.
0: Or where you should spend your time.
2: Or, yeah. And, I mean, it's like if you were if you were to. <laughs> only have to commit to being this one person. Holy crap. I like, I'm imagining me being my like 20 year old self for the rest of my life is like the most terrifying, awful thought (laughs) like ever. And I mean, that's basically like, pick who you want to be right now and be that person. No. Like I hope that I I hope that I continue to change as I grow in motherhood and change within my, you know, work life and fitness. Like I hope that every year is different from the year before. Um, that I get to experience life with different eyes every single year, every day, even, you know, because of reflection, because of looking back and seeing, yeah, that worked. I want to do more of that because that was so amazing and fulfilling, or that sucked. That completely drained me. I, that was not working. I need to do less of that. But if you were only forced to just stay within the one thing, whether it worked or didn't, what a miserable existence. And we get that choice, like that's an amazing thing human beings get that other people, creatures, whatever, don't, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. So if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, that's, they're being very gloom and doom. Like, don't (laughs) worry. (laughs) We, we truly do want to give you all a few like actionable steps that after listening, you could literally implement these like today right now in your life so that you can start to either think about boundaries maybe in a different way, like a kind of a counter cultural counter societal like fashion, or you can actually, you know, maybe set some new boundaries and like approach those and like practice those, um, observe them with a, a greater sense of ease. So we've done this before where we give you like three takeaways, so we'll do something similar, Um, and I think the first one, as Kristen said earlier in the episode, is that like reflection right you got to start somewhere and i think it's so important especially now when we've had a spring break that's maybe sort of evolving into whatever we're going to call what this new time free is falling
1: into fall free
0: falling into that's fall what I'm
1: i like um, that because like we're still falling like yeah, things are still coming up that we are not ready for yeah. take
0: some time to reflect And if introspection, if reflection, if like sitting down and really like dropping in is not something that is easy or accessible for you, first of all, give yourself some compassion because it's hard for everyone. I mean, we as human beings in a society that has for so long prioritized productivity, like we are just almost like conditioned to to expend our energy and our like vision beyond ourselves, right, like what can I do, what needs to be done. And it's hard to just, like, sit down, to take a moment, you know, and and it looks differently for everyone. So give yourself compassion if that feels uncomfortable, if it feels hard. A lot of times that is the hardest step is to, like, drop in to really, you know, look back and, like, look honestly at, like, what's here for you and, like, what's within you. Um,
2: How do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel about what had happened, what you did, what you didn't do, you know?
1: And a great way to kind of, like, organize and get all this out of your head Is to journal it out. Yes. So just write out, and like you can even do it on like a, I don't know, the back of a, I don't, coupon. (laughs) (laughs) Like just write it out. Paper. And you can just throw it away afterwards. Like it's something you have to keep or journal or do regularly. But like getting it all out on paper is such a good way. Yeah. Step two is um, set your priorities. So coming up with what's important to you, where you want to spend your time. And I think, I don't know if you want to make this um, a third, but the saying no, like understanding what you're going to say no to in advance and what you're going to say yes
2: to. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. Yeah. I think that either piggybacking off of that one, sub A or a three. um, We can make it three. So one is, is reflect. Two is set your priorities. Yeah. And then I think three is know where you're heading. You know, know where you are and then know where you're wanting to go. That way you can have space to fill in those gaps as they come. Um, Because if you don't know where, like we said, if you don't know where you're going, you can really quickly set yourself up for failure because you'll start following somebody else's priorities. You know?
0: Yeah. And uh, something to help with that, know where you're headed and where you want to go. Um, I think if you haven't done this, this is like an exercise that I know comes up a lot of times in particularly in like coaching or like any type of work where like you have to be this like very specific version of yourself for people. Um, and so all of us are like definitely un- like understand what that feels like in terms of coach- being a coach or like a-, a teacher of some kind in front of people. You can sit down, actually, and, like, write either, like, a mission statement for yourself. Mm, like I
1: knew that's where you were going, and uh, I was like, yes. And
0: at the same, you know, and kind of, like, you can, the mission statement is sort of, like, know where you're headed, right? Do you like, have one, Ran? I do have one. I don't have it memorized, but I, I do have one. That I have I, one
1: as well. It's on my the back of my phone, so I can remember it uh, or read it often. Um, and my mission statement is to live a fulfilling and happy life doing work that serves others. Oh, mm. that's
2: good. I have one somewhere. You have, Yeah. To find it. So yeah, <laughs> so I was so like, we all I'll have, have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: then, you know, another, I think another like helpful step to take that just like an inch further is to also like write a vision statement. You know, the vision statement typically is the aspirational one. It's like, where am I going to be and however long, you know, how, and that's sort of the like big picture, like down the road. But you know where you are and like in the day to day in terms of your mission, like what's your purpose? But then your vision gives you something to strive towards.
2: Yeah, do, I do vision boards? I do vision boards, or like honestly, I do vision piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, like I have that. My desk. I have one virtually yeah. on Pinterest. That is so fun because then. Like it keeps it for me, I'm just such a visual person. Um, and so it keeps it real. Like, yeah. you know, if I see something that I'm working towards, um, whether it's like materialistic, whether it's like a space, you know, I want to have a pretty backyard, you know, or you know, I want to take a trip with my family, like those are things that I want to happen that I'm working towards. And whenever I see like that picture it it gives you it renews that sense of purpose like it really does so i think that having that this is so terrible but this,
1: i love vision boards but then i never know where to put them
2: because i don't i don't
1: want it like in my bedroom because it doesn't match and then i don't want it in the bathroom because it doesn't match the i just don't ever know where to put them and so recently you put it in your closet. like do you have like a Like your earrings or no, that feels cluttery to me. So what I have done most recently and actually during our extended self-care spring break, so I'm going to call it. Um, I did it on Pinterest. Oh, perfect. And so I have my kind of like, I guess it's like six main things that I'm focusing on and I do mine. Um, I should do it every six months and I think unintentionally I do it every six months. Um, Uh, But then I can look on Pinterest and when I find something that is like... Inspiring to you. Or just like, you know how Pinterest, you can search like all these little things. Like I can add on to it and then I can look later like, oh, I need to read this article on what I had for my vision Ooh, board. Ooh, I like that. And so it helps. I, I'm I know, I'm actually that. really I loving love it.
2: That. Yeah.
0: I, I love that yeah, that's too. That's like going
2: down the rabbit hole though. Then you're like, I'm doing all of this. But that's why <laughs> yeah, you put it on your this, board so that boundaries. you can go back yeah. and be
1: like, okay, am I ready to work on this part of my vision board? Yeah. I'll go back and see what I pinned and then I can read. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's I need so to use Pinterest. Can I add another? T- I love where we're going with this. It's yeah, like I a sub like action step. One of my favorite, very favorite things to do. And I give this to my clients is, um, did you guys ever read uh, school of greatness? No. Lewis house. Um, really amazing book that got me into kind of like what we're talking about with like boundaries, goal setting, finding your purpose, your vision. I, it absolutely set me on, I'm like getting chills, my track to where I am at right now in my life. Ooh. as far as like my career goals, what I wanted to be doing. Um, did you clarify? Yeah, no, it really did. And so one of his, um, he always has work options at the end of each chapter. And so it takes a lot to get through because it's very work heavy. But if you do it, it really helps you figure it out. And so one of his exercises is, I did it wrong, but I, this is how I do it from now on, is I think of what a day in the life of future perfect Kristen is like mm-hmm. i have my dream career i'm at my dream house and maybe i'll do like a little snippet of like i live here i have this view and for me it's like in the mountains like i you know work for myself like i'm able to spend time with my family and you write out your day like a general day what time are you waking up are you working out What are you doing? What are you eating? What time is lunch? Do you eat at home? Super specific. Very specific, like hour by hour. What are you doing for work? How much time are you spending on work? And so you create this, um, like, dream. mm -hmm, Yeah. Almost like a vision board, but scheduled (laughs) on paper. (laughs) And then um, I most recently did this with my husband as well. I made him do it. And then you take that and you say, okay, What of these things can I do now? Mm. And so a lot of people are like, well, future me is waking up at 5 a.m. and I'm working out at 6 and I'm having a smoothie for breakfast. And I'm like, why can't you do that now?
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: Crickets. Yeah. Crickets, because you can get up and work out. If that's what your long-term goal is and that's what you see, this healthy, perfect, amazing life, if that's included in there add what you can now. right now oh, and make those like changes that. so that you're a little bit closer to being this person that and having this be. great life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's one of my favorite exercises to do when I'm feeling crazy or like in this time of transition, it kind of is like, okay, I'm a scheduler. Like, I'm like, here's my life. Here's
2: what I'm spending time on. So it's man, one of my and that's favorites. That's another, gosh, man, we could do this forever <laughs> is just time management. You know, mm. I did that the other day. I did a time management sheet because I was like, what is that? <laughs> Like, why am I such a crazy person? And I was like, oh, because I literally have something going on from 5 o'clock in the morning until 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. I've got to say no somewhere. Mm. So that, you know, being able to see, like, oh, yeah, you're overextended. Like, sometimes you just don't even see it. Mm. So sometimes just putting it on paper, scheduling out every – I did it literally for every 15 minutes. And there was, like, a block in the day collectively of, like, two hours that I wasn't – committed to doing something. And I was like, "Holy crap." So, I was like, "That's nope. not a lot of nope. time." No. Take this out, no. take this out. Yeah. Yeah. And then that now was so like you said empowering and freeing. So, you know, sometimes you just have to be reflective. Weird. Oh, that's coming up again. <laughs> Can we call this series <laughs> yeah. reflection? So, yeah, there's just a lot of it's just again, knowing who you are, where you are right now, is the you know most important thing to be able to find out how you're gonna proceed
0: yeah and one last tiny like I think now we're probably on like sub point d
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we're farther than d
0: (laughs) to level up just half a percent more um Brene Brown who I mentioned earlier she also has this really this like so just like powerful practice when it comes to like being worried about what other people are going to say or what other people are going to think about you know the boundaries that you set or just like what you do like your goals and and who you are and who you're trying to become and it's on a one inch by one inch piece of paper you write down the names of people whose feedback actually matters to you holy
2: crap I love that
0: and you realize that on a one inch by one inch piece of paper, you don't have space for every human being that walks on the face <laughs> of the earth. That is <laughs> so good. But in doing that, getting that specific on like whose feedback actually matters to me, I think that just like is so powerful in terms of like when you're starting to set boundaries or you're like you know evolving your your routine and 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 you're you know you're tr- you're owning your goals and you're moving in a in a direction that's authentic to you there are going to be people who will like criticize you but there are also going to be people who will support you you know and people who will help you um in your pursuit of that and so recognizing that like you don't have to take everyone's feedback to heart right some people are going to say stuff and they have no idea what you're going through like they don't they don't really know um but they're going to say it anyways but if you have that specific list of people whose feedback actually matters to you i mean like what a powerful thing, right? Like, and that feedback is can be really helpful and like really educational for you. And you know that it comes from a space of love, right? And a space of like um, compassion because it's people who who you, you care about and who care about you. Um, and so, I wanna give you all the quotation by her again because they think like please if we leave you with something i let it be this i mean there's a lot here for you but um just remember and this is again is from brene brown and she says daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others